Hello, and welcome to Dice Don't Die, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast. Welcome, everyone, to Dice Don't Die's Deep Dive. Today, we are continuing our discussion of creatures from Pathfinder 2nd Edition. We tried to fit it into one episode, and uh, I wasn't here that time. But everybody else missed it by quite a bit. Correct. Yeah. I'm David. Uh, with me today is Beth. Hello. And Sarah. Howdy. Uh, Chad is not joining us today. I think Chad and I have been kind of doing this thing where we swap back and forth between who's here on, on the episode of the last few times. So I have a theory about that. I promise we're not the same person. You sure? Oh, I was just going to say my theory is that the women of this group are more reliable, but... <laughs> <laughs> that can't be it. No, mm, definitely. Yeah, no, something... that sounds fake. No, yeah, that, that, definitely. That doesn't sound like, you know, the whole world. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did miss last time, so but I went ahead and I listened through it, so I got... I got my, 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 my takes and my gags. I'm going to go through them real quick here, okay? So real quick, having listened to our episode, what is yeah. an aberration? A uh, creature, it's like a corruption of nature or, you know, whatever plane that it would be from. Like, it, it's, it's mm -hmm. abnormal. Or it's like from not any of the planes. I like right. that this turned into a pop quiz. I, I said there'd be a quiz. It's also the new catch-all, because Faye used to be the old catch-all. But I, I totally, I crammed it all today, so it's, it's fresh in my head. Mm. It's uh, true. That was right. fantastic. I got into a debate with my partner about aberration after the episode. Aberrations are fun, guys. They're just fun. They're just um, fun. There's just a lot of things that are aberrations. I also thought the first couple times you said it that you were talking about apparitions. <laughs> no. Oh, well, okay. No, we're not just talking about like things that aren't actually there. We are going to talk about both the spirit type and the undead type, which now makes me think of Pokemon types. And I just made that logical jump. The Pokemon. Anyway, let's keep talking about Pokemon. There, there's no spirit type Pokemon. No, they're spirit type Pathfinder monsters. No. That's, but like, think about it. They have the tags and everything. They're Pokemon. This is true. You can have more than one type. You can have a beast fiend or a beast fey. You, you can you can have uh, oh my favorite, uh, Venusaur, grass poison. Mm hmm. That is a perfect, perfectly segue. Because what we're starting on today is fungus, but I'm going to lump in plant with that. Uh, so one of the few times that we're not going in alphabetical order. Hey, Beth, can I do my goofs? You can do your goof. Okay. Goofs. We already derailed. Love this. Bringing it back. Okay, so Drider, the, the drow spider, uh, that's just the Dark Soul witches, uh, Kalag and Kalana. Corpse light when you want the corpse but not the calories. <laughs> I don't like this. 
I love this. Beasts are just animals that went to a semester of community college. Uh, Shining Child. Wait, wasn't that the plot of Looper? Arcana or crafting for constructs. Is it wizardry or you just hit up Etsy? Uh, Alex Dagram is never getting that ring back. He called Sonny a shrub. Uh, <laughs> unless there's a very sincere apology involved. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, animate Dream. Uh, Anna Banana had an animate dream about Bananarama. <laughs> also, Freddy Krueger is an animate dream. Yes. Uh, the, the Ooze Mythic is just a mud mythic, but they hired some PR and they're trying to rebrand. <laughs> uh, the plane of milk did not last long. It's now the plane of cheese. That's, that's okay. <laughs> it's, it's a much better place. Uh... uh. Now, now th- th- this is like a joke, but also a real question. Like, how many spaces between spaces are there? Because we said that you said that with like the like wherever aberrations come from, the astral plane, the ethereal plane. Um. Also, also the fact that nobody made a Dave Matthews band, the space between joke. I'm a little disappointed. Sorry. Uh, we need to get started. So, fungus and plants. They are very similar. So creatures with the plant trait are something that is more intelligent than a normal plant. There are some sort of magical effects that manipulate this or manipulate the plant matter in some way. There is some sort of evolutionary trait that these plant beings are different. Uh, And the same with fungus. It's just how they grow, right? A plant is going to grow through photosynthesis. Even plant monsters are going to break down those corpses to get chlorophyll. Like, that's their whole goal. Fungus is going to decompose decaying flesh to get its nutrients. Are they, are plant and fungus... Like, are they separate? Or are they like they're sub- separate? Okay. No, they are completely separate. I am lim- lumping them together because they're very much similar, right? They're plants. Um, fungi almost never have a a sight. They will have like blind sight of some sort or spore sight. They won't usually have eyes. Uh, Leshies being the exception to that. And uh, plants are immune to so many things. So just be aware. We're talking immune to mind-affecting effects. Oh, they don't have a mind, so I feel like that makes sense. Exactly. Uh, They'll usually have a weakness to fire, but then a resistance to, like, poison and stuff. Fungi are are, uh, very much the same. So a couple of standouts from this category. Obviously, we have to mention leshies. Uh, leshies can actually come in both uh, a fungus or a plant. Uh, but they are playable ancestries that just got a bunch of options in the new book that just came out. Mm-hmm. So a couple of other standouts for me, other than obviously the leshies, which are com- created by Druid Magic. I wanted to talk about the scythe tree because those things are cool. They are giant trees 
that eat people. That thing is a nightmare. Yeah, it it really is. So think like the tree in the Harry Potter books. The Whomping Willow. Like mm-hmm. I was yeah. just about to say that, and then you were mm-hmm. like, so think about this. All right. Yeah, they're great. I love them. Uh, but think think about that, but instead of uh, just big like hammer branches, every branch is a sword or a scythe, and there's a big mouth in the middle that just mm-hmm. just wants to eat you. Yeah, but here's the thing. This has human-like intelligence, so remember that. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much likes to hear people scream. Then you have uh, the violet fungus. The violet fungus is really cool. I mean, it's immune to just about dang near everything. They can't be bleed, fatigue, you can, no mental effects, poison, sleep, unconscious. Like, all the standard stuff they're immune to. Uh, and they're not human intelligence. But it's high enough where it, it acts like a beast. Acting on instinct and eating anything it can. It has weakness to fire, so as with most problems, fireball solves it. Yes. You're not incorrect. Especially when it comes to... Uh, plant life. Plant <laughs> Yeah, like, if you see a plant, the best bet is fire, most of the time. It for sure is. So now we're going to move on to our next two, because I've lumped two more together, and that is humanoids and giants. Humanoid is the thing that you're going to see the most. And what that typically means is they are human-shaped and act much like a human in many ways. They typically stand upright and have at least two arms and at least two legs, usually no more than uh, four of each. A giant is exactly the same, except big. Where's the line between a tall humanoid and and a giant? So that's actually a great question. They're definitely becomes a a line where that's really hard to say. Uh, I think most of your humans aren't going to be 15 feet tall. So the line is 15 feet. (laughs) Most (laughs) of your... I I would say anything about a human above 10 feet, you're starting to be... You're not human anymore. Something else is going on there. You're not full human. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Well, yeah. You might be a giant. You might... You might be two humans in a single very tall trench coat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you absolutely could be. Uh, many giants have the humanoid subtrait uh, or, or humanoid trait as well. So, like, you know, there's a lot of them. They're all human shaped. Now, human shaped means a lot of different things because were bears are considered humanoid, right? What about bugbears? Are bugbears considered humanoids? Do, 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 yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, most goblinoids are. That's fair. Yeah. So, there's a lot of humanoid-like creatures. We've mentioned a couple of them. Most of the playable races are going to be humanoids. Now, giants are not at this time. 
I just don't think they want something that's, you know, 14 feet tall walking through town. Seems heightest. It's a little difficult to argue that a uh, punch from a giant only deals 1d4 as well. Yeah, that unarmed strike's going to be a <laughs> little strikier. Yeah, probably. So we've talked about a couple of things, uh, a couple of creatures. The only standout that I really had that I thought was kind of interesting is the Attach. Athatch? I think it's Athatch. This is a giant humanoid that has a third arm. And in my opinion, is really borderline on that uh, we actually look human criteria. Hmm. It, is this also an aberration? No, it is not. Huh. I feel like having a third arm just throws off all the symmetry that nature likes. It does. Hmm. That other arm is uh, kind of just Frankenstein sewed on there as well. Nope. Technically, it is grown. It is not sewn. It is grown? Okay, maybe that's just like mm-hmm. the edge of the uh, hand just wrap the- thing. Yeah, because yeah, I totally get what you're saying. But they are nasty, nasty pieces of work. Imagine Wrong that, B.O. They got three armpits. Ugh. I didn't think <laughs> of that, I guess. All right, anyway. <laughs> uh, anything on... Oh, I did want to talk about one more humanoid. I forgot. The T-Gnome. Uh, because this thing is the thing of nightmares. It so, re- I want to say that the way you pronounced it just makes it really sound like the Uncle Iroh version of a gnome. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds very cute and not at all threatening. Oh, no, this thing eats homeless people. Ooh. Okay. So a, a T-gnome looks humanoid with, like, kind of grayish skin, except that it has no eyes. It's Well, it has no eyes on its head. It has eyes in the palm of its hand. That's that thing from Pan's Labyrinth. Slash Japanese nightmare mythology. Yeah, a little bit smaller. This thing dresses up as homeless people. uh, And when you piss it off by not giving it enough, or if it's, you know, starving, it'll eat other homeless people. Uh, Yeah. And it just keeps its face covered so that you can't see, you know, doesn't have any eyes. Yeah, not a fan of that. I was not either. But technically a humanoid. And it has no other sub-traits uh, that, or, or, or other traits that are creature types. So it, it was a humanoid that kind of just evolved like that. Man, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Hard, great. Hard no thanks on that one. Oh, good. Someone made a sexy woman version. Oh, no. You love I to don't. see it. No, I don't. I don't want to Listen, see it. Listen, it's, it's within the first three rows on Google image search, so you know just uh, for awareness why beth you know why but you, like you know don't make me say it out loud i hate it i really really hate it 
Okay, anyway, well, I'm moving on. (coughs) We are going to talk about monitors. Last time, we talked about celestials and fiends. So we had the good and the bad. Neutral! And this episode, we're going to talk about neutrals. These are, again, planar beings. They have their own realms. uh, And they exemplify neutrality. So, oh, I forgot to mention, uh, fungi and plants are knowledge nature, and humanoid and giant is a recall knowledge society. It's going to be a society check. I feel like society makes sense for that. Uh, monitors are recall knowledge religion, like the other two. So, you have the three subtypes. The proteans, the psychopomps, and the aeons. Unlike the other two, we're, we're going to skip psychopomps right now. We're going to talk about law and chaos. And then we're going to come back to the psychopomp. Because beings of true neutrality need a little bit of special time, in my opinion. So proteans are the guardians of disorder. They are pure chaos. It is... Uh, their realm is known as the Maelstrom. Uh, they consider it a calling to spread bedlam. And they're just out to get literally everybody. A couple of prime examples of proteans are things that I am terrible at pronouncing. <laughs> uh... Akazendri. Uh, they all kind of look like uh, alligators. I think they all look like that. Yeah. So th- those are probably the most common in, in people's adventures. They're the lowest level of protean. They look like a crocodile decided to grow arms and a snake tail. Kind of cool. They look for chaos in knowledge and chaos in lore which just I imagine that these things are the beings who moderate wikis on the internet <laughs> for the chaos not, not the nice wikis no 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 no. <laughs> these are the ones that make the chaotic wikis that link to pages that don't exist that's these guys yes uh, I hate them. Uh, and then you also have the void worm. Which, please, all of you listening, go look up a picture of a void worm right now. It looks so freaking cool. It's blue. Oh. It's got runes all over it. Its gills look like flames. It's like if you mixed a worm on a string with a dragon. Yeah. It's pretty great. These guys are also pretty low level. I want to adopt one. Beth, will yeah. you give us one in the no. campaign? They're also tiny, but also no. Get yeah, the perfect <laughs> pet for Ashka. Ashka already has a pet. No. I, I know. You can't just go around collecting pets. It's not Pokemon. We, not we said it was attitude. Pokemon, but it's not actually Pokemon. Yeah, I know, I know. All right, anyway. 
So now we're going to go to the exact opposite side and talk about the Aeon. So the Aeons are beings of law. They are the caretakers of reality and the defenders of balance. That is what pure lawlessness is, right? Is balance. I think you could argue that. It seems a bit of a philosophical definition. Of argument. of the the ultimate definition of law is balance. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. But Beth, you said you said the definition of lawlessness. Not lawlessness. Law. Okay. Is balance. Okay. Because these are beings of pure law. I misspoke. I apologize. No, no, no. Uh, and that leads us to our first aeon, which is called the Arbiter. So these beings are called into to existence to arbitrate and provide balance uh th- this this thing looks like uh the uh golden snitch from harry potter but also it, it has a knife it will stab you, you <laughs> what do you have a knife no i think it has two of them the beings of law are kind of how you would predict them to look there's also the Marut, which looks like a crumbling statue. The Axiomites look like Tonks with Mjolnir, Thor's hammer. Yes. The uh, Thelatos looks like a too-many-armed nightmare. Ah, yeah, those guys. Those guys are cool, because uh, they're actually made of crystal. Uh, and then they walk on their hands, which is really messed up. And if I saw that thing coming towards me, I wouldn't want to fight it. I feel like I wouldn't want to fight a lot of these things. You're not wrong. But especially this one. Yeah. So next I want to talk about psychopomps. So psychopomps are beings of true, of true neutrality. And when you think about that, you're like, well, what do they do? You, the, the chaos people are defending chaos, and the l- lawyers are doing their lawyer thing. Uh, what do psychopomps do? Well, they guide the dead. Because a being of pure neutrality is the best thing to judge the dead. Although they don't actually judge them. Uh, they, they bring them to the the boneyard uh to be judged they ensure that the dead come to terms uh with you know being dead and they protect the souls that are in their care are are true neutral creatures just really into the logistics <laughs> the accountants of the afterlife it, you know it's like it it, it it's not good, it's not bad, it's not lawful, chaotic, but something's gotta go from point A to point B. I mean, you're not wrong. And they'll follow the the rules or they'll mix it up. Whatever gets the soul where it needs to go. Yeah, no, I I these are these are your logistical overlords. Uh they work with a number of different gods and they're pretty cool. Uh one of the themes of uh, a psychopomp is they all wear a mask. Um, 
of some sort. Uh, usually to sort of like sim- symbolize uh, their neutrality. A lot of these pictures just look like skeleton faces and not necessarily masks. It's true. Uh, I noticed that. But it, um, they typically do. Not always, but they typically do. Oh, uh, look at this raven with a little steampunk mask. That's cute. Uh, what, what is that one? Uh, Nosoi? No, oh, Nosoi. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, it's, it's supposed to be a sparrow, tiny... not a crow. Yeah, but yeah. It's got a, it, it, a tiny doctor's boy. mask. Yeah. It does. Also, yeah. it'll try to pluck it's your adorable. eyes out. It, it's little beak. It's its Listen, own weapon. It's so oh. cute, I would let it. Yeah, fair. <laughs> they are the clerks or messengers. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, do you know, is there any relation to the, the mask wearing thing uh, for... Um, Nethys, because I know Nethys is loft, often pictured with like a black and white mask. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, but they do work with a number of gods. Usually you hear them uh, working with Phrasma. That's the most common. Mm. But they do work with other gods as well. Not for them per se. Uh, yeah, the uh, Vanth look cool as hell. It's just a giant skeleton Skeleton with a bird head and giant black wings. Yeah, it's like a black swan reaper mix. <laughs> it's really cool. It's pretty cool. But yeah, the psychopomps are some of my favorite creatures, uh, creature type. Plus, they have the coolest name. They do. They absolutely do. Uh, but just like the protectors of the dead just sound like so cool to me. I hear the psychopomp name, and I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> yeah, it's like an uh, EDM band. <laughs> the very last, the very last adventure path for Pathfinder One, uh, Tyrant's Grasp, featured the psychopomps really heavily, and I was like so sad because I was like, "Well, you know, P- Pathfinder One's ending, um, but they've been featuring them pretty heavily in the B series so far." So. Hmm. Pretty hype. But anyway, next up on our list are creatures with the negative trait. They're just really pessimistic all the time. Kind of, yeah. (laughs) So negative creatures are from the negative energy plane. Literally, they will suck the life out of you. The plane of that bad vibes. Yes, absolutely plane of bad vibes. Uh, Negative energy is the antithesis of living creature. So usually undead creatures, uh, they are healed by negative energy. Uh, But uh, some of them have the negative type. Uh, Planes, negative planes are just vast, empty planes of existence. There, at the current moment, is only one creature type with the negative trait. Really? And, yes. And I am going to have literally anyone else pronounce this. The Sea Dooner. (laughs) That's as close as I'm gonna get. 
It's like uh Sekudunar. Sekudunar. I think I would have said Skedunar. No, there's too many vowels, too many like diphthongs in there. It it's it's really really awful. Uh, but it's also an aberration. <laughs> so, uh, Maybe negative. Are. Maybe the there are definitely going to be creatures that come from the negative planes, but it typically is going to have other creature types as well. But whenever you see something that is from a negative plane of existence, uh. Just know that it's going to try to literally suck the life out of you. These look like those um, energy creatures from uh, Titan AE. Does anybody remember that one? I remember that movie, yeah. I loved that movie. But they do, kind of, yeah. Crystalline gargoyles is how they're uh, described. Yeah, that sounds accurate. Uh, they are really cool, but, uh, there is no, like, set recall knowledge for this type. So what you would be rolling is to learn that it's an aberration, technically. Although I would, I would roll occultism. Uh, reading their page here, one of their, uh, attributes, whatever, it's void child. They have neither souls nor the ability to create. They're just, they're just children of the void. Sounds yep. like me after a long week at work. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Alright. We're moving right along today. Let's talk about oozes. Because oozes have been the go-to dungeon monster for Decades, right? Everybody knows about a gelatinous cube coming and eating you. Yes. So an ooze is more than just a gelatinous. Uh, they tend to have very simple anatomies, though. Blob. Uh, no, no <laughs> organs, usually, unless they've eaten. One arrow, ooze. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they tend to have low mental ability scores, so, you know, they're not usually very smart. Uh, but that gives them immunity to most mental damage, and then all precision damage, because what are you, what, are, what vital organs are you striking? There are none. Can't do it. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty cool, though. I, I like oozes. If you need... One of the things that I have yet to see, and I really want, they've started putting bathroom in the adventure path maps, which I appreciate. Like, when I am investigating a spaceship, I want to know where the bathroom is. Duh. Fair. But I have yet to see an ooze combat come out of a bathroom, and I am disappointed. What, just me? I think so. I, I just think that's one step too gross for me. I can handle a lot of things, but if you go into the bathroom and there's an ooze in there, I'm just going to leave. I'm trying to think of which one would be worse to find, an ochre jelly or a black pudding. Both terrible options, Beth. Ooh, a blood ooze. Somehow worse. 
No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I'm banning Beth from the rest of this podcast. So. Listen to me struggle through describing all of the rest of these things. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, there's going to be one of these days. I the recall knowledge is occultism. <laughs> it is. Uh, which it used to be. So in Pathfinder 1, it used to be uh, dungeoneering. Uh, same with Aberration, actually, was dungeoneering. And I'm kind of glad that uh, occultism has taken over most of those roles. It just fits to me. Yeah, I think my favorite ooze... Blood oozes are creepy. Uh, But something called a black pudding just is great. I don't know. I love them. They'll, you know, eat your face. And of course, you have the gelatinous cube is the, I would say, stereotypical ooze mm-hmm. monster that people run into. I like the uh, carnivorous blob. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gargantuan size. Mm-hmm. And the picture of it is just like, here's a town, but uh-oh, there's some big red blob eating the town. It's just rolling over the town and taking yep, all of just- the sentient life with it. Yeah, like, wait a second, where's the creature? Oh, the creature's oh, everywhere. What was, okay. what was that game that was on, like, PlayStation 2, uh, where you were, uh, it was a Japanese game, you were a little guy, you were a prince, and you had to care. You had to roll a bunch of stuff up into a ball. Uh, Katamari? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Katamari Damacy, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think that was an ooze. It was a trash ooze. Uh, we need to talk about petitioners. So, petitioners, and a petitioner is a type, but currently the only monster that has this type is a petitioner. And I think that will remain the same. They are mortal souls that have found to be judged. So, they are souls that died, they went to the bone yard. And they have transformed into typically a creature from their native plane. The example image is terrifying. Please don't look at it. Too late. Well, I won't then. Uh, And I kind of, this reminds me exactly of the current World of Warcraft expansion, which is Shadowlands. When you go to one of the Shadowland realms, all of the souls that have sort of been reborn tra- are, are transformed into animals um, from their, you know, home world or whatever. Which I think is, you know, kind of cool. So, uh, petitioners are souls that will eventually gain a new body. Oh, God. I should have taken your advice and not looked at the picture. I told you. I, you it, were right. So I'm going to describe this verbally, and I'm sorry for your ear holes. But it looks like caterpillar flesh turned translucent, stretched over an animal's brain, and a human-ish face was sewn onto it. Yeah, it's not great. But it was a good description. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's an accurate description. Anyway, listeners, don't go look it up. Next up is positive. Oh, yeah, by the way, they also don't have anything. So I would say occultism. Uh, They don't have a set recall knowledge. So just I would use occultism for that. Or because it has to do with the boneyard, uh, I I could see an argument being made for religion. Um, You would just get different information. Uh, So next up are creatures with the positive trait. Good vibes only. Exactly. These are the creatures that have passed the vibe check. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, They exist on realities that are positive uh, energy only. Uh, And again, just like the shadow, or not shadow, negative, there is only one. And they are the Jotai. Uh, who are kind of jerks. Mostly because in, in interacting with humanoids, uh, we call them false phoenixes. And they're like, no, we don't like that, actually. And we were like, but I'm gonna do anyway. Oof. Yeah, so they don't like us very much. We didn't pass the vibe check. No, so they don't like us at all. But they're uh they they're bird people. That's why they're called that. Uh they're life incarnate. So yeah. They essentially exist to fight the shadow people. The actual shadow people or the negative people? The negative energy people. Okay. Uh right now. It is because they have the humanoid trait as well. Uh, you can recall knowledge society. I am definitely not sure that I would agree with that. Like, I guess technically, but my goodness, that's a. I feel like that's a stretch for there only being like one type and they don't <laughs> like us. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, no, you can't just I... like ask around about that. I don't. I don't know. It, it, you you would have to be a very learned individual. Uh, it's because uh, there's a tale that they passed down where the first person who saw one accidentally called them a phoenix. And it was just a huge faux pas, and that's why it's so messed up. And now you gotta know that it's not polite company to Because one phoenix. person did it one time. Yeah, that one guy... And they never let it go, okay? They will bring it up when you see them at the party. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, That's kind of hilarious. So next up are spirit trait creature. So spirits usually, and I, I say usually, I do believe all of the time, have undead trait as well. And we're going to be talking about the undead here in a bit. Uh, But there are other traits that make them sort of unique. And that is that they lack a physical form. They are only their spiritual self in the material plane. 
they're uninhibited by flesh prisons. That is correct. And they usually can only be uh, hit with something that has, like, ghost touch or force damage. They are really hard to fight because it can be hard to actually hit them. Because they don't have a corporeal form. Are they immune to, like, mental effects, too? Depends on them. Some of them are. Okay. Uh, so, like, the poltergeist is not actually uh, immune to unconsciousness, uh, immune to precision, poison, uh, paraly- being paralyzed, disease, and death effects, but technically can still be affected by mental traits. Hmm. Uh, then you have something called witch fire, which is really cool. And something, again, that I would have thought would have been... Uh, like fey related but it's not it's actually uh the incorporal form of a hag or witch that dies in rage hmm yeah it's super cool that sounds really metal uh it super is but also she will mess you up just fyi not naturally so so the original hey the original hag literally hated you with the fire of a thousand suns. And that's what this is. Yes. So her soul became a burning fire. It's it's those thousand suns. Burning ball of rage. Yeah. Uh, That cannot be hit with your sword, so don't even try. Unless it has ghost touch. Gotta put that ghost touch on your sword. Hey, that's a talisman now. Super easy. Oh, yeah. Or not a talisman, a rune. That is super easy, then. So we only got two left. And and the next one's pretty short, and that is the time trait. So at first, when I was going through this, I wasn't even going to talk about some of these traits. I wasn't going to talk about the positive and the negative. Uh, I wasn't going to talk about... Because there's only one creature. And there's only one creature uh, with the time trait. However. There are more bestiaries coming out. And there are going to be more monsters with these traits. So I wanted to talk about them. Uh, the time trait are creatures that are native to the dimension of time. And the only one that there is, is the ha- Hound of Thindalos. Who looks like a bony dog with fish eyes. I like that look. And is also an average. Yeah, I do. I like that. Okay. Uh, Anyway, they come after you when you time travel. In order for you to not mess up the timeline? No, just to eat you. Oh. You know, Hmm. that's fair. Just snack time. Yeah, pretty much. They're neutral evil creatures that want to eat on your flesh. Uh, Powerful spellcasters that time travel a lot, and they just really want to eat you. Oh, they have a ripping gaze. If they look at you, painful but bloodless wounds rip open on your body. I really thought you just said ripping gaze. Like, anytime <laughs> they look at you, some gay somewhere else gets ripped in half. It's just like, ow! Like, I didn't even do anything! I think that might be worse. Yeah, that is worse. It's a hate crime. <laughs> 
It is. Gotta got to uh, pluck those fish eyes out. All right. Last. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, time creatures currently are occultism, but again, that's because they're aberrations as well. So, but that's probably what I would use. Finally, we have the undead. Undead have been something that has been with D and D style games for forever. Yes, they are like spirits. So they used to be alive, but are now dead. Uh, but they have a corporeal form, so they are made of flesh of some manner. They have not been emancipated from their flesh prisons. They have not. Uh, this is usually due to some sort of evil magic, or possibly from the negative energy uh, plane. Obviously, recall religion. They are the sworn enemies of paladins everywhere. And you have a lot of different types, right? Like, you, everybody knows of the zombie. Uh, you know, undead humanoid coming at you. Uh, you're pretty familiar with the skeletons of different types. Uh, the inner bone workings of a creature now given movement through magic versus muscle. Uh, but my personal favorite, and because I wanted to make sure to say this word, uh, is the lich. If you come at me and say, but Beth, it's pronounced lick. Huh. Mm, no. I will absolutely not respond to you on Twitter and probably block you and probably report you. Listen, anyone who like, says that deserves like. to be blocked and reported. Like, don't come up to me in person and say that is lick. I will walk away from you. It is lich. I will not accept any other way. No. Uh, but I absolutely have heard it pronounced that way and I hate it. I hate no. It. Unsubscribe. That's terrible. So a lich is typically a wizard or spellcaster of some sort uh, that, in their quest for power, gave up their life and now are undead spellcasters. Oh my gosh. I clicked on the demi-lich, and this That's is somehow even better. Because... Well instead of having a whole body, they get so careless with their physical form that they start to crumble away until they just become <laughs> a floating skull of evil magic. They're just, like, half a lynch. Just amazing. Yeah. Many, many a campaign ends with fighting a lich. I love liches. I partially blame Adventure Time, but I love liches. That's I feel like they're compelling villains. They definitely can be. Uh, also vampires, by the way. I forgot vampires. Vampires. I love... Which universe of, vamp of vampires are we like living in here? Because there's so many different mythologies for vampires. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now that, like, are you free to make up your own 
vampires? Do they have to be monsters? Will I one day be able to play a vampire? Ah, well, that's for a different episode. Because you do have the Dampier available to you now. Which is kind of. That's close. Uh, But typically, vampires are from the... uh, The vampire region of France. Everything else is just sparkling blood-sucking. Yeah. (laughs) They are not... They are not the sparkly kind. They are not the the handsome kind. They are the suck your blood and eat you. Are you saying that people that just know vampires can be attractive? What? You you just said they're not the pretty kind. They're not the pretty kind of vampires. Right, so if you're a vampire, if you become a vampire, you lose all inherent beauty? Is that what uh, you're well, telling your, me? Your physicalness changes. You, you, you gain those traits that stretch out your form and make it a little less human-like. It pales your skin, turns your fingers into claws, you get fangs and sharp angles to your face. That are inhuman. Okay. It seems like a bad deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, becoming a vampire, not ideal. For most people. Gonna put that caveat there. Right. But that's it, guys. That's the rest of the creature type. I feel like we did this half in record time. This half had a lot of short ones. The positive and negative energy just aren't as it um there's not as many creatures and then you have the fungus and plant that i grouped together and the humanoid and giant they're just very similar we did good this time guys we should be proud of ourselves yeah good job team so what do you guys think about all the different creature types pretty awesome lots of things to fight Mm -hmm. yep there's a lot Uh, of variety Lots of nightmares in there, too. Yeah. Big I like props the- to all the artists who make all of the oh. art. Yes, 100%. Pathfinder has just got, like, some sick-ass art. One of the things that I really like is even if you don't play in the adventure paths, they still provide content for the world. Every adventure path has new monsters. To play with every adventure path has new material for you to incorporate in your homebrew game and and i really challenge a lot of the gms out there to expand your horizons with these character types like have a blood ooze be in the bathroom or don't feel free to not do that Actually, don't do that. It's my idea. I've copyrighted it now. I don't think you can do that, Beth. I, I'm i pretty sure I can do that. Cop- Nobody sure. understands copyright law. How okay, will they stop that's me? true. Yeah, okay, you've got, a, <laughs> you've got me there. Does, one, does uh, one of the lawful creatures handle copyright law? Oh, guarantee. Actually, no. One of the chaos creatures. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. I mean, probably one of the chaos creatures. 
Absolutely. I can't, I can't, honestly, I can't decide. I feel, no, 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 no. It's lawful evil. <laughs> it's lawful evil. Oh, man. I don't know. I think I'm going to leave that question to our audience today. Tell me what copyright lawyers or the people who create uh, copyright law, what creature type are they? Because I need to know. I, 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 I need to hear your evidence for this question. But I think that's where we'll leave it for tonight. David, you want to take us out? All right. So that concludes it, folks. All of the types of Pathfinder creatures ready for you to befriend, destroy, or be destroyed by. So thanks for listening. And remember, dice don't die. But player characters do. Thanks for listening to Dice Don't Die. Hey, if you like what we do, please visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dice Don't Die. Or email us at DiceDon'tDiePod at gmail.com. The intro and outro song, Crunk Night, were created by Kevin McLeod. More of his work, and the work of many others, can be found royalty-free at filmmusic.io. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next adventure.